And we're going to start with this question on how long I've been playing fantasy football and what one of my earliest memories from, from that time was. And really, I started playing fantasy football, I think, 2012. So not an extremely long time compared to a bunch of people in the industry, but I've still been around for a little bit. Um, when it comes to Dynasty, I haven't been playing Dynasty as long. I do love Dynasty a whole lot more than Redraft, but Redraft is always going to be the, the little piece in my heart that never goes away, you know. It's uh, <laughs> kind of got, got me into this being a degenerate kind of thing. Um, and when I first started, honestly, it was just uh, ESPN League, 10 team. My friend needed somebody, and I just kind of hopped in. Um, the first the first or earliest fantasy football memory that I can remember is when I first started playing, I my friend who invited me to that league was like, you need to go do some, you know, go do some mock drafts and just kind of get a feel for how ESPN runs because you've never done this before. So I went in and <laughs> did a mock draft, right? Well, the first pick I remember was Victor Cruz, that's what that's who my first pick was because I had no idea what I was doing. And so many people in that chat gave me such crap. And it was just a mock draft, but very first one, so much crap. Why are you taking him there? You can get him later, this, that, and the other. So that's the first memory I had. Um, I do want to let you know that I ended up winning that league that season. <laughs> it's kind of also a way that people start getting into fantasy football as they win their first league, right? And then they kind of just like, I want more, I want more. So that's basically how that went. And for the question as to what's happening in Texas, oh man, let me let me tell you, it has had it has been a mess in Texas. The snowstorm that we got was out of this world crazy. Like I remember when the Super Bowl happened here in Texas, I lived relatively close to Dallas, about 30 miles north. And it was complete chaos back then when, when we had that snowstorm or the ice storm. And, but it was nothing like what happened here. Like we, I was lucky. We lost electricity for a few days. They were doing rolling outages and all that jazz. We were lucky enough. We have a fireplace. So we got that working on backup battery and we just brought every single blanket down and, and uh, try to try to survive, I guess. Right. There's a lot of people in the state. They're not so lucky, and some people still don't have electricity, and some people still don't have water. And <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Luckily, the the temperatures are rising, and the snow's starting to melt. And probably have to go back to work on Monday, which sucks because I had the whole week off. But hey, so Texas basically they screwed themselves over. Basically, the power grid was just yeah. We're not even going to start with all that jazz. Um. So for the question about being in a league that's kind of like the Scott Fishbowl dynasty league um and what advice i kind of have for players who are in leagues like that just because i've been in the scott fishbowl six times um <laughs> have never won it um have never been extremely close to winning it but i mean i've gone pretty far i think this year uh was my best um showing so far i'm not 100 positive but i think so um and my advice really is the first time I ever did Scott Fishbowl, I didn't really read the rules or anything because I was just this, <laughs> this young kid who had no idea what I was doing. And I had won a spot um, in the Scott Fishbowl thanks to her fantasy football. So this was before I was an analyst or anything like that. And I didn't know what I was doing. So I ended up drafting quarterbacks really late. And that was my downfall because when Joe Flacco was your number one quarterback 
in a year where he's not even decent or excuse me, elite Joe Flacco, then you're kind of screwed. You know what I mean? So I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a big fan on, on you waiting for a quarterback in that kind of league or waiting on quarterbacks. It's it, in this year, uh, the last Scott Fishbowl, I took Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson with my first two picks. And I mean, for a while it was, I was doing like super awesome because you know, <laughs> Dak Prescott, but then he got hurt and then everything went to crap. So uh, luckily I had drafted Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua as well. So I had those guys to kind of rely on, but you know, it would have been a whole lot better if I actually had um, two healthy quarterbacks that were pretty dang awesome for quite some time. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my number one advice is don't think that you can wait on quarterbacks. Like if you feel like you want to pounce on one, then do it. Um, and then some up and coming analysts that I have lined up for my podcast, uh, get real. So get real, um, with Casey Kasem is my podcast. I haven't been able to put it out in a few weeks because like I said, I am having major malfunctions with my computer and Hewlett Packard being what they are and not giving my, me my computer back. <laughs> so I haven't put them out, but there are a bunch of actually, um, there are like five episodes I haven't put out yet. Hopefully three of them didn't get deleted when my computer crashed, but, um, I have Katie flower will be on one of the episodes. So if you guys know her, she's, um, a really awesome chick who specializes in Debbie. She knows everything under the sun and the moon about rookies, uh, about freaking kids who are just becoming freshmen in college, freshmen in college and everything else. Like, I don't know anything about Debbie really. And if I ever do, I go to her. So she'll be on there. Um, and then I just have a few other guys and gals that I've talked to just kind of, um, throwing it out to them that I'd like to get them on as well. I've had Lauren Carpenter on, she's with the fantasy footballers. Um, and that was a really great episode. Um, I'm going to have Derek Brown at some point. I'm going to have, uh, you know, J Mike, I had Gabe gearing on. So you got to get J Mike on at some point. These are, these are people that I really respect and people that helped me um, when I was first coming out into the industry. Um, as for uh, starting with one of my episodes, what, which one would you want to listen to, um, to kind of, to kind of get the ball rolling, I guess, if you want this podcast is so important to me because we talk to, or I talk to so many people that inspire me and I learn so much. So if I was going to start with anything, obviously I'd start for the first episode with Russ, who's Dynasty Outhouse. Um, but if you don't want to, if you want to skip around, really had a, a great time with um, Paul Charchian. We talked about board games for a really long portion of that podcast, but it was, a, it was a blast, you know? And a great time and an episode that hasn't come out yet that I had a, an amazing time with uh, is <laughs> Matthew Berry actually like he was a totally different person than I thought like he opened up and just said so many things that made me laugh and said so many things that I was just like wow dude like I feel the same way and so it's pretty cool so but I would start yeah I would start with either Charch or even if if you guys like Ray Garvin um, because his how he came up in this industry was so fast and I, I loved his story. Um, so that's a good one to start with as well. And then, I mean, they're all great. Honestly, I had a great time on with all of those. Um, my case for tight end premium, basically for me with tight end premium, I just really love tight ends. I don't know. I have this like odd obsession with tight ends, which is a funny thing to say out loud. 
<laughs> but yeah, I, I really like tight ends. I think um, that there are a lot of guys in the middle of the pack who obviously aren't going to get you the points that you want. And the tight end premium kind of helps out with that and makes them a little bit more important. It sucks that like a lot of really good tight ends just aren't utilized correctly. They're either on the wrong team or there's a two tight end set and they're not the one who's, who's benefiting from that. And so I kind of like that. I kind of like the fact that they can be a little bit more relevant. So you can have like, you know, Irv Smith go off or something like that. I like to kind of hoard these middle of the pack tight ends and then um, kind of stream them and try to do that. And I know that's kind of more of a, a, redraft mindset, I guess, if you will. But a lot of my dynasty teams, I'm, I'm not in a ton of dynasty leagues. I try to cut it back, but I'm in le less redraft leagues. Um, but with the tight ends in my dynasty leagues, like all my leagues just about are tight end premium. And I have a great group of like middle of the pack guys. So I look at matchups. I look at, you know, who's injured, who's hot, who's cold. And I kind of go from there. Um, no specific kind of like oh man, you have to be tight end premium or anything like that. Like, obviously that's just kind of making up for stuff, just like PPR made up for certain things and so on and so forth. So, I mean, it's not always going to be something that you want to do, but tight end premium for me is something that I really enjoy. And um, yeah, it, it makes for the flex spots. It's just like, a, it's a wonderful thing to have, you know? And, and so um, that's another reason that I like tight end premium is just to have those guys that are touchdown dependent or whatever, you know, and just toss them in. Um, and then between tight end flex and two tight end leagues, what's your preference for trying to make more tight ends relevant? <laughs> My preference for making tight ends more relevant is for coaches to use them correctly. But other than that, um, no, um, when it comes to that, I'm not actually in any two tight end leagues. So I guess my preference is more putting, you know, tight end at flex, um, just because, you know, you don't always have to plug somebody in that spot. Um, that's a tight end if you don't want to. But if you have like two really awesome tight ends, like I have Travis Kelsey on a couple of my leagues. So obviously, like, that's awesome. But if you have another guy like Johnny Smith or somebody like that and you want to throw him in, you know, having him in the flex spot sometimes can be more beneficial than trying to throw in a scrub third string, whatever guy who you only have to play because you don't have any other options. Do you have tight ends as options? There you go. <laughs> um, me a second because I had this whole thing about MF Doom that I wrote um, because the next question has to do with my favorite MF Doom song. If you guys don't know who MF Doom is, MF Doom is or was, sadly to say, he is was one of the most awesome rappers ever. Like your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Like he's the dude that you want to, you know, put on and say, well, this is what like old school sounds like, old school hip hop, but he's you know, a newer guy too. I mean, he's been around for a while, obviously he's been around since like the eighties, but you know, it just sucks because we found out he died on new year's Eve, but he actually died in October. So it was just kind of crazy to, to have that happen, <laughs> find that out on new year's. It was already a crappy 2020. And then we had that. So, um, but yeah, the first MF doom song I think I ever heard was rhymes like dimes. So that has like a, a special spot in my heart. Um, and that's a song that I probably play a lot, like comes up in my Spotify at the end of the year, you know, where you get your top hundred songs or whatever. And it's always up there. Um, but a more recent song that he had put out was with, um, uh, it, it was on the albums, Czar face meets metal face. And, um, 
one of my homies open Mike Eagle was on that track, you know? Um, so it's a really, it's a really dope track because, um, open Mike Eagle kind of got to bring the new school to the old school. They're all kind of like underground and it's just, it, it's just an awesome song. Plus Mike's verse on that track is super dope too. So to see a bunch of my favorites come together and put out a song that was pretty, pretty rad. Um, and then when we're talking about the fantasy footballers, um, because yes, I, I do write for the fantasy footballers. I'm one of the newer writers over there. I came on in August uh, with two other guys who are, are pretty dope as well. So go check out everybody's work over there. Um, when it comes to dynasty. So I know that they touch on dynasty more on their podcast. Now I know that dynasty, I know all the guys are in dynasty leagues. And so, um, and I am more and more people are growing to play dynasty and, and growing in their, you know, how many leagues they're in and so on and so forth, what kind of settings and everything. And th they do a good job of hitting on all those. And they have all these special perks if you sign up for the Foot Clan where you can ask them questions. So if you have Dynasty questions, they're going to get to those. Um, but they are also putting out right now, the writers over there are putting out a bunch of content when it comes to like Dynasty profiles, draft profiles on these incoming rookies. Um, they've been putting them out for a while. I'm not actually doing any of that right now because I'm not really good <laughs> at coming up with profiles for people. So um, that's one of my downsides, I think, is that um, when it comes to like rookies and stuff, I'm not as good at, at picking out who's going to be uh, the, the good talent, the guys to go after, I guess. Um, but there are a lot of guys over with uh, the, with. I almost said my old say, hey, but I'm fighting chance fantasy can probably help you out too. Um, but yes. If you go to the fantasy footballers, they have a lot of these and throughout the um, throughout the uh, offseason and, and until we get up to the draft and everything as well, um, they're going to be putting out these these articles so you can go in there and, and see the different profiles of these different players. Um, and I think they're really awesome, chock full of tons of information. Um, so they are coming. They're not like super dynasty oriented, obviously, but. Um, they're getting more and more dynasty oriented as they go. So um, since dynasty keeps growing, fantasy footballers are going to keep up with the times, you know, so there's that. Um, and I would still give them a try. If you, if you've given up and you, you kind of, since all you do is dynasty or whatever, and then you don't want to like listen to a bunch of redraft podcasts, it's still super entertaining. They're su super awesome guys. And it's just crazy how like they were able to do what they've done with their brand and just be like three normal dudes who, came up and now we've got this huge, you know, we're like rock stars of the fantasy football industry, basically. So that's pretty cool. Um, so like I said, don't really deal a lot with Devi. Um, wish that I did, but my brain capacity, I don't know what it is. Like I, I rely on other people. You know, everybody has their, their strong suits, right? I, I don't really know what my strong suit is besides like talking to people, I guess, and like kind of just getting information out of people and then kind of putting my own spin on things as well. So when it comes to Debbie, like I said, I talked to, you know, like Katie Flower and stuff like that to kind of get a, a mindset on who, who to look at in that portion. Um, I, I do want to say, since I am a big tight end, you know, fanatic, if you will, um, that the homie Sal Lito has a dude that he talks about all the time. Uh, and Jeremy Record, um, who's a tight end, and he's super awesome. Um, I've seen his tape, and, and and you can go look it up <laughs> if you don't know who he is. Sal Sal has known him for a while, so um, someone worth like having that kind of connection to, <laughs> I guess, if you will. Um, but I don't really deal with that.
say dynasty is my my thing because I'm in more dynasty leagues and I am redraft and I'm never turning back, never turning back. And um, you know, been pretty well, so I'm not going to complain about that. Uh, what when it comes to like the rookie prospects, obviously, you know, if you're going to plant your flag on somebody, you know, you're going to say like Kyle Pitts or something like that. Um, again, being a tight end fanatic, that uh, doesn't hurt me any. Um, trying to think, you know, because. No, I like Mac Jones, so maybe I'll plant my flag with Mac Jones because I think he's a, a pretty awesome um, quarterback. I think that he, um, you know, Lawrence and Fields are going to get the attention, obviously, but I think that Mac Jones is going to be a surprise for a lot of people who are like, I don't know. Um, he does a good job of protecting the football, and, you know, he, he, yes, he had a lot of good wide receivers around him, but I think that he's going to make even the mediocre wide receivers look good in the NFL. Um, so I think – that's one guy I'd plant my flag with maybe Chubba Hubbard as well with Oklahoma state, just because it's pretty close to where I live. So I've been able to see more of him. Um, you know, he's super fast and those are the type, you know, you're kind of dart throwing on these guys anyway. I'm not, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. I know some of you guys and gals are like, for sure, this guy, for sure, that guy. Um, I'm more of, Hey, it's a dart throw. And if the dart throw works out, then more power to me. And if it doesn't work out, well, it's just like another day at the office, right? I'll just keep on grinding and, and keep on <laughs> doing that. So, I mean, that's basically who I have. I'm not, and Brevin Jordan. Okay. Let's go with Brevin Jordan too, because I've been talking about Brevin Jordan for a while. Uh, again, another tight end. Nope. Uh, that's like the quintessential tight end right there. He's not Kyle Pitts. Obviously Kyle Pitts is like the dude, right? But um, Brevin Jordan is sneaky. If he's on the right team, he's gonna he's going to eat. Maybe not in the first year, because rookie tight ends, it's just not usually unless you're Evan Ingram the first year he came out. It's not gonna happen. But um, yeah, look for him to to make a splash. I, I really would plant my flag with him probably more than anybody. So hold me to that. But I mean, for every flag planted, you know, <laughs> they don't all work out. How about that? I gotta knock a few over. Um so and, and basically, my process likes those players, all of those players, because they're not the like flashy number one dude in your in your mind. And I don't ever like those guys. Like I'm never, I wouldn't say I don't like those guys. Obviously, I like these like super awesome players, but I'm never like so in love with them as some people are. I don't know. I, I, I not sounding very very intelligent right now with my responses, but I'm just telling you my mindset and how I I do things, and I it's worked out for me pretty well. So I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna complain. Um, do I tend to react slowly to news and performances, like stick to my prior evaluations, or do I end up you know reacting quickly and move to take advantage of the shift? Um, I think I kind of just react slowly to the news and performances. I'm always kind of that Debbie Downer when it comes to stuff. So I always look at the negative of everything. So if I hear so-and-so getting traded somewhere or like this guy looked good in camp or whatever, like my mindset is like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get my hopes up, but then I'm over here like, oh yeah, Jordan Howard, you know, Jordan Howard, he was so awesome at one point in time. He's going to be great when he's playing for this team or that team and it just doesn't work out. So um, <laughs> just because I don't re tend to react slowly, you know, because I tend to react slowly to news and stuff. Maybe I, <laughs> I, I don't go out and just like try to trade for the sake of trade trading because I see that Carson Wentz is now with the Colts or whatever. I got to really sit down and think about like, God, <laughs> because I'm such a downer. I'm like, yeah, yeah. 
Um, plus, I kind of thought Dak Prescott was going to go to the Colts. That was kind of my <laughs> – I'm a Cowboys fan, but uh, I thought Matthew Stafford would be okay in Dallas, and then Dak would end up with the Colts, and that was my whole process, but it didn't end up happening. And I'm okay because I'd rather keep Dak, but, you know, the Cowboys are the Cowboys. Um, as for what my all-time best and worst flag plans – Oh, well, I'll, we'll go to that question um, and then I'll go back to one that I missed. But what are my all time best and worst flag plants? And did they teach me anything? So last year, I would like to say that one of my best um, flag plants was um, Stefan Diggs because I took him um, earlier than a lot of guys um, that you would probably take before him last year because of the situation he was in again you know he he got traded to another team and it's like what's going to happen um but i went in and like with the fantasy footballers um redraft league i drafted um digs like super early compared to where he was being taken so he went i took him before like galladay and odell beckham and and juju smith schuster and all that stuff and and i was getting kind of roasted for it on the internet but like i had (laughs) i had the last laugh because at the end of the day you know it was what's up um sorry i'm trying to like like I said, I've never used Discord before in my entire life. So I'm sitting here like an old person scrolling around and looking at questions. So um, go back up to the top and here we go. Sorry, I'm giving you my process. Uh, <laughs> see, when I podcast, <laughs> I can edit all this crap out. <laughs> but back to back to this, um, back to the questions. So yeah, um, you, you asked about the best and then the worst flag plants. I don't know. There's been so many, right? I mean, Hey, Ajayi, I was I was flag planning on for a while. Um, who else? Uh, Joyke Bell. Joyke Bell was a huge one. I mean, I like Joyke Bell, but he didn't do anything like to knock your socks off. Um, it was all these like running backs like that that I would kind of plant my flag on. And then like eh, they didn't do like the worst in the world, but obviously didn't live up to what I wanted them to be and what a lot of people. And one of my worst flag plants, I'll tell you this one, because uh, Everybody and their mom thought that Zach Sudfeld was like the bee's knees. They thought tight end Patriots, Zach Fud, Sudfeld, Dudfeld. Um, <laughs> I mean, they were calling him Gronk Light or Gronk Jr. Or Baby Gronk or whatever. And it's like <laughs> he ended up in his career with like 10 receptions or something, you know, like he was, got cut from the Patriots, ended up with the Jets. That's where everybody goes to die. And it just didn't work out. But I was in 2013, I was so about it because it was my second year playing fantasy football. And I was like, oh yeah, tight ends, this dude, everybody's about this guy. I'm gonna be about him too. And it just like sucked. So I wouldn't, I would not 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 suggest nah, 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 no more, no more baby grunks. Um, and then one thing that I've done or started doing during the pandemic that maybe I haven't told anybody about, or I was embarrassed to tell people about, I'm not ever really embarrassed to tell anybody anything. (laughs) Um, I mean, I've got a couple of things that I've started like more, I guess, maybe not embarrassed to say, but uh, kind of, I have a collection of sweatpants that uh, during the pandemic has just grown and grown and grown. And I buy them off of Groupon, if that makes it. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Uh, um, and then, I mean, we've been giving blood and stuff, which wasn't something that I had not done. But, um, you know, it's important during this time to give blood. And um, last time I gave blood last week, I will tell you the story that's pretty embarrassing, is that uh, I don't know what happened. I've given blood like 10 times. But on that date, I ended up turning pale, 
feeling like I was about to pass out and I vomited three times, but luckily, luckily those ladies were there with their bags and it was all good, but it was really embarrassing because I had all these like grown ladies cleaning up my vomit. So that's pretty gross. Um, also something that happened and it was an embarrassing story, but luckily, uh, I probably won't see those people again for a very long time. And I'm still debating if I'm ever going to give blood again. <laughs> okay. So, um, on my podcast, what's the most thought-provoking concept you've discussed? Um, geez, man. When I had Nick Ercolano on, you guys might know uh, Big Dogs Gotta Eat. That's his whole brand, right? And brand has been a big concept that we've talked about on um, my podcast. Uh, because I think everybody is a brand in their own right. Like, you represent yourself. You're representing you know, your ideas, your thoughts, and everything. Um, but, you know... You're also your own. I mean, you're doing things your way, hopefully, and then it takes off from there. And being part of a brand like the fantasy footballers is also awesome because you have that to kind of fall on to. Because I mean, they built their brand from the garage up. I mean, it's pretty dope. And so talking to Nick about that kind of stuff was was fun because he's super super business oriented and super super like. Brand, 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 like embed it in your mind. He's like, Gary V is my homie. Um, you know, uh, business, 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 make that money, but put out great content, have a great, you know, community of people, get your fans, get your, get your homies. It's just, and that, that's a great concept. And like, I talked to like Gabe Gearing about that when he was on. And actually a few people had brought up Nick's name prior to me getting Nick on the show. And, you know, he embodied basically everything that that's in my head. I just haven't been able to like put it out there and, and, and be so eloquent with my words. So um, that's probably the most thought provoking concept. And then a favorite board game. Well, it's not Monopoly because Monopoly is the worst board game ever. My favorite board game. This is a really hard one. I, <laughs> it's a really hard one. I really like playing a bunch of word games, which is not really a board game, but word games are just fun to me. Like, I will play a, a word game over any other game any day of the week, any time of the week. Just, yeah. Um, but like board games too, we've started playing like sequence. So um, that's a pretty fun game. Um, you can't go wrong with like Yahtzee. I know it's not really a board game either, but Yahtzee is a fun like camping game. So it reminds me of my childhood. I really like that. Um, yeah, I think those are probably it. We, we play a lot of like, <laughs> I'm 37, but we play a lot of drinking games too. So there's that. <laughs> Not really board games, but you know. Um, how many leagues am I in? Well, actually, I can actually, 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 I can tell you right off the top of my head because I've cut back on a lot of my leagues. So I'm in four dynasty leagues. I just joined a new dynasty. Well, I just picked up an orphan. Um, we're starting a dispersal draft. I've never done a dispersal draft. So you guys are coming to me for advice and you're like, you've never even done a dispersal draft. Yeah. Well, ha ha. I've tried. Nobody ever wants to do them. Um, anyway, so I'm in four <laughs> dynasty leagues. I was in some, um, best ball dynasty leagues, but I wasn't paying that much attention to them. And I just felt like, you know, let's just cut it loose while we, you know, while it's early and, and not make these people have to go find a new, um, new person to come in and take over. Um, try to give them a, enough time. So if you're going to quit a league, yeah, give them plenty of time to find somebody to take over for you. Um, and then I'm in a re one redraft league that I actually um, have myself that I, I'm commission of. Um, I'm using a lot of ums and I'm very sorry. This is very informal, <laughs> but um, yeah, 
I have one redraft league that I am the commission of. Uh, Katie Flower is actually in that league. A couple of uh, my wife's in that league. My sister's in that league. A bunch of my close friends. It's an all-female league. So I started this league the second year that I started playing fantasy football because I wanted to get women more involved in fantasy football. So I was like, if I put together a league and it's just like a bunch of us girls that are friends, you know, and we all come together and kind of play and they don't have to feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. So that's why I started that league. And then from there, it's just kind of been a thing we do every year. We do live drafts and we didn't get to do a live draft this year because of COVID, but all the previous years we've done live drafts. So we have the board and stickers and all that jazz. It's so much fun. So I also suggest if you've never done a live draft, that that's something that you look into. Um, so my favorite RB prospects from this class outside the big three and why, like I said, I'm, <laughs> I really wish that I was a fan of college football, which is silly because I like dynasty so much, but I know a lot of people who love dynasty that don't pay any attention to college. Right. And I don't pay attention to college until it gets closer to the draft. And I start listening to my homies like Jeff Cavanaugh on 105.3, the fan, which is the local radio station here, um, sports radio station. He is chock full of knowledge. So Someone that I would go to, um, of course, like I was saying earlier, I, I like, um, it, I just lost track of where it was, my bad. Um, but yeah, like like I said earlier, um, Chubba Hubbard was somebody that I kind of have my eye on. Um, you know, Hill out of Mass Mississippi State is kind of like an under the radar guy, I think could decent, be decent in the NFL, but Again, I plant my flags on these guys, and they don't always work out the way that I want them to. Um, Jordan Wilkins, I mean, was somebody that I had planted my flag on back in the day. And, I mean, he's still in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, it, it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to, and I had so many shares. Oh, my gosh, I had so many shares of him. I don't think – I might have one still, but goodness gracious, homies. Goodness gracious. All right. So I'm sorry I can't give you a ton of rookie advice, Um I'm sure you have plenty of people on here who have because I saw you had like Peter Howard and you had Ryan McDowell and they're all like super brilliant people. I'm more of this like trading trade horror kind of gal who <laughs> that's what I like doing. So, um, but yeah, with the rookies, definitely like there are a lot of, I think, running backs that are going to pop at one point or another uh, going to like a two, like having a running back by committee kind of thing. I think a lot of these guys are going to be uh, suited well for that kind of situation. Um, so, yeah, like I said, with Hill, I think the same kind of thing, uh, uh, maybe a running back by committee kind of thing, get catching more passes out of the backfield and all that stuff. I think um, a, a couple of these guys in this class actually are, could benefit from that. Um, and then when it comes to my favorite top super early sleeper at each position for next year, um, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Um, but let me think. So a uh, sleeper at each position. So like with quarterback, I think I am trying to get more Derek Carr shares. I don't know exactly why. I just know that Derek Carr seems to be kind of a safe, stable kind of guy, kind of like a Kirk Cousins as well. Um, I always have those kind of guys on my roster. Um, and so, yeah, I think the Raiders are going to Raider. That's just what happens. Derek Carr threw for, you know, over 4,000 yards last year, and he had 27 touchdowns. I do know that because I looked it up last night. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so you wouldn't automatically think that Derek Carr is one of those guys that's a sleeper. You wouldn't actually probably think about him at all. But I think that he's going to have a decent year, and, and it's somebody that I kind of want on my roster. Um, for running back, I always go with like uh, like a Tony Pollard type, type of dude. So if you find a guy like that, Tony Pollard is 
I think what is going to happen this year, and, and don't quote me on this, but what I think is going to happen is Zeke looked awesome last year after he came back from his injury. He had that one game that he took off and then came back and he looked great. And anytime that like Tony Pollard comes into the game and kind of takes over for him, Zeke ends up getting refreshed and coming back out and he looks pretty decent, right? He is not the Zeke that we all knew back in the day, but he's still Zeke Elliott, you know, but Tony Pollard, I think is going to get more work because it's going to help Zeke out because Zeke gets the rest he needs, gets out there, gets explosive. Tony Pollard comes in, can take it in for a touchdown, do all that jazz. I really like him. I know people want to say, well, he's just a backup or he's just his handcuff or whatever. I don't care. I have him on all my rosters. I don't care. Like you're going to get points out of him sometimes. And those are the type of players that you kind of just, just want on your roster, you know, guys that, May hit. Traquan Smith. There's another one for me for wide receiver. That's my dude. <laughs> Maybe these are planning flag dudes. I don't know. These are just kind of my dudes, you know? Like, for me, Traquan Smith is that guy who's kind of like the, the third wheel, the guy nobody really cares about, and, and that sucks. And, you know, his quarterback situation is going to change, and and we're not sure. I mean, it, we're not sure what's going to happen in New Orleans. We, we never we, – it's been, like – so crazy to me what's happened with New Orleans, like not being able to like predict what's going to happen and um, or who's going to be the quarterback, you know, like, oh, OK, yeah, OK, thanks. Um, so uh, with Traquan Smith, though, I really do think that he's uh, an, a good third wide receiver on a team. And I think that he can still put up points and I think that he can he's shown that he can do well when he's healthy. So, um, yeah, I'd go with him, I think, at wide receiver and then. Tight end, I think Cole Komet is going to be one of those guys. Um, I mean, that's kind of a name that's been on our radar anyway, but I think he's going to get drafted later than probably deserves to. I mean, after he took over for Jimmy Graham. I mean, Jimmy Graham was Jimmy Grandpa, as the fantasy footballers call him. So, like, one his, he was doing okay for a while. Like, I had him last year as one of my sleepers was Jimmy Graham. But now I think Cole Komet is one of those guys that's going to step up. He already – Proved he could when he came in after, you know, when he was in week 11 on, he was out there for like 78% of the snaps. So, like, he's going to get the work. And so tight end is kind of a crapshoot when it comes to picking a sleeper. But I think um, that's probably the guy that I go with. There's a lot of sleeper tight ends, though. Like, name a tight end and more than likely he's a sleeper tight end. So there's that. Uh, one thing I do that's part of my process that helps team my team succeed more than anything else. Um, and why, <laughs> and what would it be? And why would it involve trading for our Lord and savior Rojo? Now <laughs> I know that this is a question that gets asked often, especially with the Rojo part. <laughs> I, I see, I've seen you, I've seen you. Um, but first and foremost, Rojo is from my hometown, McKinney, Texas. So I have a place in my heart for him as well. Uh, I got a place in my heart for a lot of things, it seems like, but Rojo's in there too. Um, yeah, I think one part of my process that helps um, my team succeed more than anything else is that I actually take the time when trades come in and really process them and think about them. I know a lot of people are like, accept or like, oh, I'm going to just, you know, counter offer. I'm just going to like, this is complete rubbish and I'm just going to reject it altogether. And, and I really want to sit there and think, unless I'm like, too tipsy and I don't want to mess with it at all. I think sitting down and actually thinking about the trade and really, and I might overthink it. Sometimes I, I just finally just reject it because my brain can't comprehend anymore. It's like, I, I'm at the, at, at the end of my rope. I don't know what else to do. I don't know if this is good or not. I'm just going to, and I'll come back to it and, and offer a counter later or whatever. But 
I think that's one of the things that I do that kind of helps with me is just if it feels wrong, if it feel if the trades feels kind of gross and you don't want to do it, don't do it. Um, you know, even even if you think, oh yeah, I'm winning at the end of the at the end of the day, but you're not really really sure about it, <laughs> and you still feel you still have that kind of like, ew, gross feeling in your stomach. Um, yeah, you might want to sit on it a little bit longer, you know. And that's what's nice about trading like all the time, being able to trade all the time in your leagues is just like that you can actually sit there and take the time. You don't feel rushed to like, oh my God, I got to do this right now. Uh, that's why I love the off season so much. Um, and as for training for Rojo, I mean, I've been trying and nobody wants to give him to me. I guess <laughs> they value him more than, I mean, I value him pretty okay. Um, but, you know, I think I can get him for cheaper than I probably can. So <laughs> um, it hasn't happened yet. Maybe one day I'll get him on my roster. Um, Kyle Pitts. So we're going to talk about Kyle Pitts and where I'm comfortable taking him in a super flex tight end premium dra draft. Um, where do I feel comfortable taking Kyle Pitts? Man, I feel pretty comfortable taking Kyle Pitts early. Um, I mean, in a rookie draft, he's obviously, I would take him probably, I don't know, in the mid first to late first, um, which is great for me because I have a lot of those picks. So um, I might get Kyle Pitts on my on my team, um, Kyle Pitts in a regular, just a regular um, startup draft or whatever. Um, you know, let a couple of the tight ends fall. So let Kelsey get drafted. You know, let whoever you want to consider your second, third, fourth guy, maybe. Um, but I would swing for the fences on Kyle Pitts. Honestly, I'm saying probably top five tight end right now in my brain uh, when it comes to drafting uh, for for dynasty. Um, because if he doesn't hit first year, like a lot of the, the rookie tight ends, I have faith he's going to hit in year two. And so I'm willing to take that chance. I mean, tight ends like Kyle Pitts are, a are not a dime a dozen. Like you really have to, you get this kind of talent once in a lifetime, <laughs> it seems, you know, or twice in a lifetime or whatever. And so we haven't seen a guy like this in a while. And I'm kind of excited about that. Hopefully it doesn't just blow up in my face and he goes somewhere that completely doesn't use him the correct way. Like a lot of these teams tend to do, but yeah. Um, sorry. That's about, <laughs> that's about all I can say right now. Um, obviously when I see where he lands, it's going to help my decision even more. So um, yep. And then when it comes to my drink of choice, uh, right now I'm sipping on a Crackberry from Bishop Cider. Um, it's a Dallas-based uh, cider company. Very, very delicious. Uh, my favorite is a seasonal one that they have called Tiger's Blood, which is basically the Crackberry with some coconut in it. But the place that I buy my ciders from did not have it. Um, that's probably my drink of choice. Or if I'm out at a bar, which I haven't been able to do in forever because of COVID, uh, it's usually like a vodka soda, tall single don't give me a double because this girl right here <laughs> she go crazy um but yeah that's about it oh and sundays are for champagne yo you gotta open up champagne pop we play the flow rider song in uh my house and that part i always pop the champagne boom so that's that um what areas of dynasty are you less specialized in all <laughs> and what do you supplement that area of your dynasty knowledge um uh, you know it is the rookie stuff that i'm i'm less specialized in I would say probably not that specialized in at all um which is a downfall when it comes to dy dynasty football dynasty uh, fantasy football um I mean I do do I do the research prior to the drafts but before 
the drafts. I really am not the brightest crayon in the box when it comes to rookies. Um, I do see the select ones that I really like, like Kyle Pitts and, you know, Brevin Jordan and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. But like the, the smaller guys, I really need to look at and find me a couple of guys to plant my flag on. Um, so that's something that I am not as great at when it comes to dynasty is that aspect of it. And luckily for me, I guess is I kind of just get thrown into whatever rookies are there because of wherever I'm drafting. And I just kind of just pick a guy and hope for the best, which is a shitty way to do it, I guess, but it's worked out. Okay. For me, God, I sound really stupid. Uh, <laughs> no nah, guys, I'm sorry. It's kind of early for me. Just kidding. It's almost one. Um, what else are we going to talk about? Oh yeah. And how do I supplement that? Um, pretty much, like I said, I do a lot of research um, prior to the actual draft. So right now is the time that most people are like, oh yeah, starting to look at things. And I really need to start doing that too. And, and But I really, I'm one of those people that were like in high school and college, I waited till the last minute to do my book reports or do my homework or study for a test. I just study for the test the night before and ended up with a C or a D on my test. So not the best thing in the world. That's just my slacker lifestyle, I guess you would say. Um, but yeah, doing more research is very, very, very important. And luckily making, I think making, making friends, getting acquaintances, networking with people who are really rookie oriented, who have that mindset is always awesome because then you could slide into their DMs and be like, help me out. And your homies are going to help you out. So got that going. Um, that's basically how I supplement. Uh, I got to rely on other people to help me out. Tell me to look at this, look at that, you know, Ray Garvin will be like, look at this dude. And I'll be like, yo, that looks here and then so on and so forth kind of make your own opinions on these people too because i mean it's your eyes right so you're seeing something maybe you see something different see something uh that's that kind of flashes in these guys and then my favorite aspect of fantasy football in general is basically <laughs> i mean the actual fantasy football portion of it trading is probably my favorite thing um i love to make trades i love to make trades especially when I feel like I feel awesome afterwards. And the person that I traded with feels awesome afterwards. Like at the end of the day, I'm not trying to screw anybody over, honestly. Um, I know you guys have talked about trade calcula calculators and everything on here before. And I kind of am a fan of using them as a uh, kind of as a starting off point to kind of gauge if you're even in the ballpark of what, you know, you're not crazy. Um, and I think people just, Eh, they kind of get a bad name because people use them in the wrong way. Um, but yeah, my favorite aspect is the trading part. And then um, also one of my favorite aspects is just like the community part of fantasy football. Like on Twitter, there are so many people with so many thoughts and so many different personalities. And you find the people that um, put out good content and are friendly and, and willing to help you out and all that jazz. And you know, I love that aspect of fantasy football. Like, I can't wait to meet people. Um, I can't wait to be able to go to the Midwest Fantasy Football Expo. I can't wait to do all that stuff. Like, I've met so many people in the industry already, but I want to meet so many more people. So, um, yeah, favorite parts. Uh, when it comes to players, I'm on the fence about do I favor film or analytics and metrics? Honestly, I, I think it's film that I, uh, I, I mean, I want to look at it, the player myself and kind of make my own. Um, assumptions and my own kind of things when it comes to, I'm not an analytics person. I'm not a Peter Howard. I don't deal with that at all. I'm more of a, I saw this. I can, I can explain this to somebody and 
in kind of layman's terms, you know, layman's terms where I'm <laughs> because that's who I am. I'm that type of person. I, I learn better um, kind of having it broken down where I understand it, you know, give it to, give it to me in in my kind of language. Give it to me in my words and let me use my eyes to determine whether or not I think a player is, um, you know, somebody that I want to take a shot on. Um, and then for redraft, because redraft is a thing and uh, <laughs> which is so funny to me because I was so anti I'm not this is a secret I was so anti-dynasty for the longest time because I was scared to do something different and once you get out of your box you learn just like everybody says once you go into dynasty you're never going to be in redraft anymore it's basically it um but how many running backs do I think are coming off the board next season before I start looking at the elite wide receivers you know we had Devontae <laughs> Adams that like just falls into the end zone I like that yeah um probably like maybe four or five I think uh, I'm not the, the running back thing is so fickle now. Like it used to be like, get that bell cow, get that bell cow. But now there's so few and far between, like if you don't get one of those guys and you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm not even sure I would take Saquon above Devonte Adams, you know, like there, I would take McCaffrey, of course, you know, I, I'm not taking Zeke over Devonte Adams. So, uh, yeah, I'd say four or five. Um, my biggest miss, ha, my biggest miss, I've already talked about a bunch of my biggest miss. I mean, there's some big misses, right? And wasn't Sammy Watkins pretty much a big miss for a lot of us? We get that one first game of the season every year and then what? But I mean, I've given up first round picks to get Sammy Watkins and now look at us, you know, so that sucks. But at the end of the day, you learn from your mistakes and you learn that Sammy Watkins can be a fake sometimes. Right. Kelvin Benjamin was another guy like that, too, that I like was so, so, so about. And like we saw what happened. That just fizzled and burned real quick. Um, Um, and it, to affect my process going forward when it comes to missing on guys, like it doesn't really affect it that much because you're seeing something in these guys that's obviously there. Now, it doesn't translate to the NFL or they get utilized incorrectly or injury proneness starts happening or whatever. It's not, not always your fault, really, uh, that it happened that way. Um, so I kind of just. It doesn't really change it that much. I'm just like, if I miss on a guy that I thought was going to be awesome, oh, that's his fault, not mine. At the end of the day, I just got to kind of brush my shoulders off and and go go with it, you know. Um, what's one take that you that your process has led you to that you feel is contrary to the market? Um, and I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, my take, I mean, God, you know, this is a good question, and I I did look at it earlier. I'm not gonna lie. And I don't think I could come up with the answer then. I'm not really sure I can come up with the answer now. Um, I guess my whole, like, looking negatively at so much stuff is contrary um, to the market. A lot of people are, like, high on guys. And they, they have all these reasons why this guy's going to be high. And then I have, like, 20 reasons why I don't think he is going to be. And that's just because <laughs> of my perpetual, perpetual um crapping on these dudes who like no obj no no uh <laughs> no obj joke there but um i don't know like i just i don't know i'm one of those people who don't like to get my heart broken i guess i'm kind of because i'm a cowboys fan i just have like low expectations and then when good things happen then i feel good but i don't ever <laughs> i don't ever sit there and yeah <laughs> think the cowboys are going to the super bowl um 
my favorite moment from the past season was a moment when Dak Prescott actually was still healthy. So it was the same game that he got hurt. But prior to that, Cedric Wilson threw a touchdown pass to Dak Prescott. And I'm going to tell you, that's probably my favorite moment from the past season because it was just amazing. And I became a huge Cedric Wilson flag planner, man. I was all about it. I was like, if he was on another team, oh my gosh, but he's on another team. He's on the Dallas Cowboys that have a million mouths to feed. So there's that. But that was my favorite moment. And my least favorite was obviously later on in that game when Dak Prescott went down with his brutal injury. Um, top five movies of all time. Jeez Louise, man. Um, no, I would say 10 things I hate about you is probably up there. So that's one love. Actually great Christmas movie is number two. I don't, I'm not putting these in order, but that's my second one. Go the movie. Go. If you guys haven't seen the movie, go, uh, it's a pretty delightful movie. I'm going to actually have to watch that tonight. Um, so go, um, yeah, as I sit here and try to think of other movies that I really enjoy. Um, the Heat, because my wife makes me watch it all the time. And We're the Millers, another movie that my wife makes me watch all the time. I'm a huge comedy fan. So, like, movies like that, I think, where she doesn't like stupid humor and she doesn't like dirty potty mouth humor, you know, that kind of stuff. And as I get older, I think I find myself liking movies like We're the Millers and The Heat that have a little bit of that in it, but they're not, like, crazy over the top stuff. So, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what else do I have? Oh yeah. So what's my favorite non-football content or service subscription? Um, I really like, uh, like for non-football content, things that I like, I, I really enjoy listening to podcasts. Like, uh, there's a punk rock MBA, uh, which is a dude, Finn McKenty, who has a podcast where he just talks to people in the industry, uh, like punk rock and, and metal and all that fun stuff. Um, that's a good one. Um, I love watching <laughs> I'm really crazy when it comes to like watching YouTube videos and getting like addicted to certain YouTube personalities and then moving on to another one after I get sick of watching their videos. So like, um, 10 hundred is a dude who is an artist who's pretty awesome. I, I watched a lot of his videos during the pandemic. Uh, there's a dude called Rumi, uh, Joel from Rumi Official, if you will. Uh, gr that's a great podcast channel, too. So I'm into a lot of, like, music podcast channels, or uh, not podcast, YouTube channels as well. So, like, I like watching, like, videos that have to do with um, songs that sample other songs, for instance. I think it's really cool to, to see that kind of stuff or, like, you know, music on the chart at this time and and how, like, certain, certain artists music has peaked and, and, you know, what their low times were and things like that. So I watch all these, like, really weird off brand, off kilter, off whatever podcast, uh, YouTube videos and stuff. Um, so basically that. Um, and then as it comes for aspiring fantasy football writers and creators, uh, what do I think they spend too much time doing? I think they spend too much time doing, I think they spend too much time. Well, what do they spend too much time doing? They aspiring fantasy football writers. See, here we go. It makes you go. Hmm. I think they spend too much time thinking that they are, I don't know, scared to like kind of like jump in head first and do more. You know, I spend too much time thinking like this is where I want to be instead of actually like trying to get to where they want to be, you know? And I think a lot of people care so much about follower count. And I, I just, every time I see somebody begging for followers on Twitter, it hurts me a little bit, especially when it's people that I really, really like. Um, like, I'm not going to say I haven't asked for followers. I like, I gave out a pizza when I hit a certain amount of, of followers, but that's my kind of thing is like, I just want to give out a pizza because 
these mofos are trying to make a living right now during a, <laughs> they're not mofos, but during a pandemic, they're trying to make a living. So I'm going to, you know, pay and tip and do all that jazz. So come on with it. But uh, yeah, I think these up and I think a lot of up and aspiring fantasy football writers, they spend too much time trying to build an audience that way, try to build an audience where like, it's just a natural audience. Like you want people, you know, that follow you that give a damn about what you have to put out. So put out good content. Don't worry. The followers will come. Um, oh, and here's a question, right? Now. <laughs> uh, who are some folks on Twitter that don't have enough followers? Um, for a lot of people, I, I just tweeted out yesterday. So I tweet out on Fridays. I do like a Friday follow Friday where I post a bunch of people um, who I think are underappreciated uh, when it comes to follower count. Um, pe people who put out awesome content that just not enough people are putting their eyes on it. So, I mean, you know, you have like, I would say Dynasty Outhouse, my homie Russ. Uh, he definitely deserves more followers. If you're not following him, then you're doing it wrong. Uh, him. Uh, I mean, there's just so many people out there. Um, like, obviously, Ray GQ has a big following, Ray Garvin, but I think he deserves more followers than he has. And then Katie Flower, like I've already brought up like three times in this podcast, I think she deserves more um, followers as well. What's her Twitter name? It's Skylar. Ah, sheesh. She would do that to me. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but she also deserves more followers. But there's a ton. Like I tweet it out all the time. There's there's a lot of them. And like, yeah. So if you want to know, if you you could always ask me too, like, who do you think I should follow? And I'll give you a list because I think it's awesome. And I, when I was talking to Matthew Barry, he does that thing on Friday too. And we were talking and he's like, you know, I try to promote people who are, you know, in the minority in, in the community, you know, like people who like women, for instance, or like people of color or like, you know, people that don't have a whole lot of followers, but are putting out content that's like blows you out of the water. So he's like, you know, I start needing more people to, you know, to tweet out, to promote because I'm starting to run out of people. And so I'm like, yo, I got your back, yo. <laughs> so yeah, come to me and I'll let you know, but yeah, pay attention to my thing and I'll tweet it out. Uh, there's a lot of, there are a lot of really underfollowed people on Twitter and it, it just happens, you know, but at the same time, you look at the content they're putting out. And so obviously the people who follow them are people who give a damn about the content they're putting out, you know? So if they have 300 followers, that's 300 followers. I would guess give a damn versus if you have thousands and thousands of followers, how many of those people actually care or they just followed you to follow you and then they're going to forget about you. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and then I was talking about how old I am because I am and I've never used discord. So, um, Oh, we're to the point now where you guys said you could hear me. So that's excellent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, and I, yeah, I figured it out. So I don't, don't, <laughs> yeah, about the tight end premium and everything. Um, and then I, I, another question on here, I'll get to um, just before uh, there's two more here. If anybody wants to ask anything else, they can, uh, or if not, I'll, I'll go back to drinking. Um, I think I've answered almost everyone, but here we go. Uh, who is my favorite 2020 rookie running back going forward? Uh, going forward is going to be Kyle Pitts. I'm sorry, guys. It's just going to have to uh, stay on brand with the tight end situation, and we're going to go with Kyle Pitts. Um, and then I've heard of leagues donating 10% of their dues to charity each year. Which charity would you get your leagues to donate to? Dallas Dogger in Dallas. Uh, it's a Dallas Dogger, it's rescue. Uh, it's a rescue for animals uh, that have been really neglected. 
and uh, they do a lot of excellent work. And my dog trainer, for I have a two-year-old pit bull who's a pain in my ass. My dog trainer um, works with them, so she works with their dogs and stuff um, to kind of them more acclimated to being, you know, family dogs and and all that jazz. So I like to do that. I've done that before in some of my leagues, and um, yeah, that's that's my go-to. Um, structure the most fun dynasty league to me would be a, a super flex. Um, tight end premium. I actually, I like kind of just basic stuff. I'm not, um, I'm not one of those people that really likes bells and whistles when it comes to, um, their leagues, just because I'm in, I'm not in so many anymore, but when I was in a lot of leagues, it was more like, uh, you know, (laughs) I don't even know how to describe it. You know, like I, I just, I want my leagues to be, uh, simple enough where like I don't have to spend a shit ton of time like sitting here trying to think about the rules and the regulations and what I do this I got to do this I got to do this um I was in a John Bosch league one time I love John John Bosch but his leagues make my head hurt so bad um but some people like those extra wrinkles and I'm totally down with extra wrinkles in leagues like no joke I like I love extra wrinkles in leagues I was in a hip-hop league once where we did like rap battles basically towards one another uh to try to get like extra points and stuff uh, but yeah I just kind of like it to to be a nice the rules aren't too out of this world you know a nice nice normal roster if you will um just because if I'm going to be in so many I don't want my I don't want to have to try to remember this rule for this league and that rule for that league and all this other jazz um last time I had a really really good laugh <laughs> so <laughs> okay I'm not gonna lie you probably you guys aren't even gonna know what I'm talking about and I don't really care um, so my friend Lauren calls her, called her cat. She would always say Hems is hungry. Hems wants to go to, you know, Hems wants to go out. Hems wants to eat. Right. And you're like, what the F? Um, <laughs> but she's cute, you know, and whatever she says, Hems. So we saw a commercial for Hems yesterday or the day before. And, um, uh, my wife and I were watching TV and there's a commercial for Hems. And I was like, oh, Hems, Hems does a lot of, <laughs> Hems does a lot of podcast advertising on podcasts that I listen to. And then she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that Lauren's cat does podcast advertising. And for some reason, that just because Hems, that just I don't know, probably a really stupid story. But that made me laugh so hard and I will never stop laughing. I'm going to go downstairs after this and talk to my wife about that again and tell her how funny she is. Happy wife, happy life. Um, <laughs> I uh, OK. Whoa, yeah, you asked. Oh, 2020 rookie running backs. OK, my bad. I don't know how to read. I see going forward. See, it says going forward. See, we're in 2021, but it still feels like 2020 because of everything that's happened in Texas. Uh, Going forward from 2020. Yeah, I think that I like Dobbins a lot. I'm going to go with Dobbins on that one. Um, I think that, you know, Mark Ingram is not there, not not somebody to worry about. Nothing is in his way anymore. Um, And I, I just like Dobbins. I think the pure talent there is something that we really didn't get to see as well last year as we are going to see this season so i look forward to him for plenty 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 of years um favorite rhyme for orange yeah i wish i had one (laughs) i'll let you know when i come up with one (laughs) go ask eminem he rhymes orange with orange right or something like that i don't know um dmf doom is number one who's running out the other few top spots well I have a biggie tattoo, so um, the Notorious B.I.G. is up there. Um, I love 
love, love a tribe called Quest. I'm not going to lie. A tribe called Quest is probably one of my favorite groups of all time. I could listen to a tribe called Quest all day and not get not, not get sick of it. Um, they also dropped my town's name in their last album, but for bad things because McKinney had a, a, an incident. You can hear about it in the, uh, in the song. Um, who else? I mean, Open Mike Eagle I brought up. That dude is super awesome. You guys don't know who he is. Go check him out. I would check him out. Like, if you're into, like, indie rap or, like, rap that makes you think, conscious rap, all that stuff. Yeah, I'd go with him for sure. Jay-Z's up there, obviously. Um, especially because Jay-Z's one of those people that, like, a good majority of people like. Like, I can put – my dad, like – my dad's, like, not about rap music. But if Jay-Z's on, I, I, he's, like – for some reason he he's okay with it um that reminds me i like kendrick lamar a lot too um and my dad just can't handle it so uh, <laughs> yeah i'd say about that like that so a bunch of those people in that kind of realm um pos from minnesota but he's been in some hot water lately but he's one of my all-time favorite i have a i have a quote on my arm that says worse things have happened to better people um that's a quote from one of his songs so um yeah he's pretty dope as well um and then can I kick it? Yes, I can. <laughs> and if you had to have either anchovy, pineapple, or broccoli on pizza, which one would it be? It'd be pineapple because I like pineapple on pizza. Um, anchovies are gross and broccoli doesn't belong on pizza. Broccoli barely belongs in my mouth. So um, yeah, that's that. Um, and I'm not really sure I have anything else to say uh, <laughs> unless anybody else has anything else they want to say. Um, Goodness gracious, you guys have asked so many awesome questions. I'm sorry I'm not as um, entertaining or interesting as some of the people that you've had on here. Um, you know, and and being a dynasty, a member of the dynasty community is something I never thought that I would ever, ever say, like, just because I was so oriented in, in redraft leagues. And you know what? Redraft really does help, though, uh, with dynasty, like it really does help your mindset. You kind of, you know, you, you kind of take the training wheels off and get into dynasty. Um, so I really enjoy it. And for all the people out there who were poking me over and over and over asking me to join dynasty leagues a few years back, I'm really happy that I did. And uh, I'm going to win trade addict seven this year. So you guys can put a flag in that one as well. Boom. Uh, let me plug my socials in my podcast again for everybody. And um, so you guys can find me. So I write over with the, fantasy footballers. You guys may have heard of them. They're just this, you know, little tiny podcast. Nobody's really heard of, but you might have if you're in the know. Um, I also have the Get Real podcast with Casey Kasem. So you can find that on any platform that you listen to your podcast. New episodes will be coming out shortly. I have the Matthew Berry episode almost edited or it is edited. I just have to add the beginning part to it and then it'll be fine. But I really want my computer back. Um, and so check it out, though. There are a lot of episodes up. There's 13 right now. So you have plenty of, of <laughs> bench listening if you haven't heard it before. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at DKCKSM. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter at GetReal underscore pod. And I appreciate you guys letting me come on and talk to you. Um, hope you guys had as much fun with this as I did.